Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Ephesians 4 and verse 25, Wherefore putting away lying, Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we're members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither, notice, give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil. The Roos Bible says stop giving an occasion for acting or an opportunity to the devil. Amen. So notice, he says something. He says two things. He says, number one, there is a devil. And he says, number two... I don't have to grant him access. Is that good news? Amen. The word give there, it means to give one to someone, to follow as a leader, or to yield. To give one to someone, to follow as a leader, or to yield. That is a word the Lord's been talking to me about a lot lately. Because... For the devil to have an opportunity in a person's life, a believer's life, that believer has to follow his lead. That believer has to yield to him. Right? Remember what Scripture says in the book of Romans? Whoever you yield your members to, you're the servant of. Whoever you yield to. And we talked about some some, uh, illustrations from the Old Testament of the way the enemy operates to work to get people to yield And we talked about Samson and Delilah, how the Bible says six times she pressured him to tell her the source of his strength. And then finally, the last time it says he told her because she was a grief of soul to him, because she dealt with him every day. That's how the enemy operates, constantly trying to get you to yield and get you to yield and get you to yield, to get you to yield in your faith, to get you to yield in your confession, to get you to say something you shouldn't say, to get you to think and look at things the way you shouldn't look at them. The pressure is there to get you to yield to what he's thinking. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you've been confessing this, but it hadn't happened yet. Don't you yield to that. Say it again. If he says it hadn't happened yet, open your mouth and say it. Why? Because that is you showing, I'm not yielding to this. I'm not yielding to this. Amen. Over and over again, we see that in the Word, where the pressure was there to get someone to yield. Hallelujah. That's the ultimate goal that he has is to get you to yield to his plan and purpose which are always opposite to God's plan or purpose. But he just needs to get someone to yield to it. Amen. I mean, you've done it. I've done it. We've done it. There's no one in here that can say you've never yielded to something the enemy brought your way. But how many know that you don't have to do it ever again? It doesn't ever have to happen again. Why? Because he said that it's possible for me to give no place to the devil. 
Is that right? Mm-mm. Now, Matthew 16. Let's look at this real quick. This is important. And if you think I'm going to talk about thinking, you're probably right. But that's the good thing about being in church. We can just keep talking about it until we get it. How you think affects how you believe. You think about that for a moment. How I think affects how I believe. There are people that have the same Bible you have. They have the same access to the information that you have. And yet they believe it's not God's will to heal them. Why? Because somewhere they heard it's not always God's will to heal and they yielded to that and so that's what they believe. Right? Or that it's not God's will to prosper you and they believed it and yielded to it and so that's how it is. And they have the same Bible you have. They have the same 101 at least healing promises in the scripture that you have and yet they don't believe it. Why? Because they yielded to something. Well, I knew so-and-so and they didn't get healed. Well, that experience doesn't count when it's measured up against the Word. Or Roberts said one time, somebody asked him, said, uh, Dr. Roberts, what are you going to do if the next person you lay hands on dies? He said, I'm going to say, next. Be- Amen. Because I'm not called to make excuses about somebody didn't get healed. I'm called to say what the Word says. The word is truth. Experience is not truth. Yeah, but it's true they didn't get healed. That that doesn't change the truth about what the word says. And if you get your thinking wrong and you start listening to thoughts of the enemy and you start yielding, it affects your faith in every area. Am I helping you? Matthew 16. Hallelujah. And he said to them, verse 15, Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, the single most dynamic revelation the world has ever known. Right? And he said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you. What's he said? But my who? My Father which is in heaven. So you didn't think this up. God showed you this. Is Peter hearing from God? Is he hearing directly in his spirit? The greatest revelation the world's ever known. Is that right? Well, how how did he get this? He yielded to it. To get more, you've got to yield to more. And, and, And he says, notice, hallelujah. I say to you that you're Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, this is important because that word prevail there means win one victory. It it, it says this in the Greek. The gates of hell, in the Greek it actually says the powers of hell or the powers of death will not gain one victory over the church. Now, that kind of flies in the face of a lot of what you're hearing people talk about on TV. 
It always bothers me when I hear preachers talking about how the church is impotent, the church is weak, the church is backslidden, the church is lukewarm. Don't know what church you're talking about. Because the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is none of those things. Amen. We're a part of something that can't be defeated. We're a part of something that the devil can't win one victory over. Hallelujah. And I'll give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Notice verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised up again the third day. Then Peter, who just heard that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, took him and began to rebuke him. You know, the Greek carries this idea. He grabbed Jesus by the arm. Come here, help me please. So they're, they're standing there, they're talking. And Jesus, we'll let him be Jesus. Jesus wears nice watches. <laughs> now I'm giving you a hard time about that, you know. All right? Jesus would have wore a Rolex. Anyway. So they're talking and Jesus says, you know, here's Jesus. And Jesus says, uh, you know, I'm going to be uh, killed and, and uh, they're going to kill me and I'm going to be crucified. <laughs> Far be it from you, Lord. Don't say that. Feel sorry for yourself. Come on. Peter is rebuking Jesus. <laughs> Did he just hear you're the Christ, the son of the living God? And now he's trying to talk him out of doing what he was born to do. Thank you. Why? How'd that happen? He yielded. He yielded to it. One is the voice of God. The other is the voice of the devil. He yielded to both of them. So is it possible to hear from God one day and yield and hear from the devil two days later and yield? Yes. Now, don't leave me. We're going to get into some other stuff. But think about that. How did this happen? He yielded. How is it one person, one day, they're just gung-ho. God will supply all my need. All my need are met. I, I am blessed. I am highly favored. I'm out of debt. My needs are met in the name of Jesus. I got plenty more to put in store. And they go to the mailbox the next day. And there's a bill there that they seemingly in the natural do not have the money to pay. And they hear a voice that says it in their mind. They think it's in their mind. In their mind, they hear a thought that they think they're thinking. Well, see, that prosperity stuff and your giving hadn't been working. That is not your mind. That is not your thought. That's the devil talking to you, trying to get you to yield to what he's saying. And the moment you yield to what he's saying, you're putting down the shield of faith and you have no defense. Have you given? 
Have you given? What's the scripture say? It will be given to you. How do you resist that thought? You say what the scripture says and you're not yielding. Amen. When you hear that thought, it's not just a thought. There's a being that said that. That's the devil talking. That's a demon spirit talking to you. Let me go over here where the crowd's a little better. There's a demon talking to you. That's how the devil talks, is to your mind. Has no access to your spirit. God talks here, the devil talks here. Amen. And, and, and don't play with those thoughts. Well, you know, you thought you were healed, but some of them symptoms have come back. Stop it. Don't yield to that. I said don't yield to that. Do I have a choice? Yes. The enemy's trying to disarm you. When he gets you to yield, he disarms you. He takes your weapons of warfare away. Amen. So did Peter hear from God? Did he? Did he yield to it? Did Peter hear from the devil? Did he yield to it? Did God say you were healed? Are you healed then? So why would you yield to anything else? Did God say you were healed? Did God say you were healed? Then you're going to yield to that. Because in the yielding is your faith. If whatever I yield to, that's what I'm putting my faith on. Glory to God. So who would tell you you're not healed? Who? The who? Oh, help me real loud. Who? So would you yield to that? Should you yield to that? When you yield to it, you give him your faith. I'm helping you. And it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, It doesn't matter what it is. You'll step out and obey God. And two days later, you'll hear something say, boy, you made a mistake. Man, you could use that money you gave right now. Stop it. Stop it. Don't yield to it. Why? Your faith's on the line. Tell your neighbor, my faith is on the line. Tell your neighbor, say, I am believing God for this. I'm not going to yield to doubt. Doubt is the voice of the devil. And I'm not yielding. Not yielding to it. No, it will be this way in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> like I saw a report the other day that said there's a number of people that, you know, cast their votes early and they cast their votes for a certain candidate and then they have seen his speeches and they've asked the question, can we get our vote back? <laughs> Too late. <coughs> you yielded. But think about that. Once you yield, right? You do know what a yield sign is, right? How many of you obey them? A <laughs> couple people, two or three. 
One honest guy over here went. <laughs> but what is a yield sign? It means, it means there's traffic coming this way. I yield. I give the right of way. When you yield to God and His Word, you give them the right of way to operate in your life. When you yield to the enemy, you give him the right of way to operate in your life. You got to yield and yield and yield and yield to the things of God, to the Word of God, to the Holy Spirit, to what God told you. Pull out those words that God gave you. Set them on your table. Set them on your desk. Set them wherever you, you, you study. And go over them one by one and recommit to God that you're going to yield to that. Going to yield to that. Oh, glory. I'm going to yield to that. Amen. And you can't entertain those thoughts because you'll yield to them eventually. When do you cast down imaginations? When? Immediately. When do you eventually act on something after you've thought on it? Why well, I acted without thinking. No, you didn't. That's impossible. Thought always precedes action. You may not have thought very long, but you thought. Why? Because you had to devise a plan of action. Well, I'll tell you what, I just got mad and yelled at that person before I even thought. No, you didn't. The whole time they were talking to you, making you mad, you were thinking about what you could say. And then you yielded. The thought came, well, call him a fathead. Right? You fathead? Or whatever. That's a nice word. Right? You're in the car and somebody cuts you off and you get a thought. Tell them they're number one. Don't yield. I know that's humorous. Like I heard one preacher say, he says, you know, you can't do that. If you get mad at somebody on the highway, just go, pick one. <laughs> well, you can't do that either. Don't yield to it. That, that, that thought is ultimately to get your faith. It's trying to get at your confidence before God. It's trying to get at your belief that you're in right standing with God. And when you go to believe God after you yield to that, the accuser of the brethren is going to be right there yammering in your ear about how you yielded to his suggestion. He tries to pull you into it and then condemns you for being pulled into it. What a guy. Right? Don't yield. What's the, what's the defense? Don't yield. Don't, don't yield. Is it possible? Yes. Because he said, don't give place to the devil. What's James 4, 6 say? It says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Did it say resist? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I think it's 4, 7. It says, you resist him and he'll flee from you. What do you do? Submit yourself to God. What's that mean? Yield to God. 
resists the devil, what will he do? What will he do? One translation says, in stark terror. That word flee means to run away like you're afraid. To run away to get to a safe place. Now, who does it sound like is in trouble? The devil. Who is the devil trying to make you think is in trouble? You. Don't yield to that. My sister may remember this. We had a cousin, I'll say his name, you don't know him, named Jeff. And, uh, <laughs> and my sister was staying the, at the, the summer with them. We used to spend the summer with my, my grandmother. And she happened to be staying with our aunt, Aunt uh, Dee. And this was the year that the movie The Exorcist came out. Now, I've never seen the movie, so I can't tell you anything about it, all right? But our cousin went to see it. Evidently, it was pretty frightening. Because he came home that night, and his room was in the basement. And he didn't sleep in, uh-huh, he didn't sleep in his room that night. He slept in the recliner with all the lights on. Why? Because he went to the movie theater and he yielded. Now we think that's a, very, that's a very overt example. Yeah, but it's how it works. Every time you listen to something, the potential's there for you to yield to it. Remember what I told you the Lord told me over and over again? Don't be deceived and don't listen to anything that will deceive. Why? You, you can yield to it. I call it don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't do it. Don't just take it because somebody's saying it. Don't yield to it because somebody's saying it. Amen. And I'm going to stay away from what's going on in the world. I'm just telling you, as a believer, don't yield to it. Are you following me? When you yield to something, you give it permission to operate in your life. Those are not just thoughts. When you hear a thought, well, you might not make it. That's the devil. That's a demon talking to you. Hear me. That is a demon talking to you. There are no disembodied thoughts. A entity is speaking. And if people knew what they were cozied up to, when they think those thoughts, if they could see in the spirit realm and see what they're cheek to cheek with, it would make you the sickest person the world has ever known. Can the devil make you think thoughts? Who has to, whose mind is it? Whose mind is your mind? So can the devil make you yield your mind? What? So who has to yield? Well, pastor, how can you teach on this so good? Because I've yielded my mind. People say, how do you know so much? They'll ask somebody, how do you know so much about sin? I was good. I was a good sinner. You sound like you know what you're talking about. I do. I know that of which I speak. 
Amen. How about this? You go to church. Boy, nobody spoke to you tonight. I mean, after all, what's wrong with Melanie and Aaron? I mean, you've been a good friend to them, and you went to church tonight, and they didn't even say hi to you. Who would say that? Why would he say that? Trying to get in between them. Here's another question. Why would you listen? Why would I listen? You know, the enemy will come and try to, and try to get a wedge between you and your pastor, between you and your spiritual father, between you and the people that can speak into your life. Well, they don't think much of your ministry. I mean, you shared your revelation with him, and he just kind of smiled and patted you on the back. Well, would you, have, would, would you have felt better if he would have said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life? Or just went, Pfft. no, well, of course not. But the enemy will make you think that you would have felt better if they would have done that. What's the response there? What's the response? That's my pastor. He or she, whichever one you're talking to. They, 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 have, they have nurtured the anointing in my life. They think much of what God has to do in my life. They always want me to hear from God. Is that right? I'm not yielding to that. Well, if you tell them what you did, that'll be it for you. Says who? Who's talking to you? A devil. A demon. The devil. What is he? What are they? Liars. They're lying. And when he talks and you yield, you have now yielded to a lie. Am I helping anybody? Amen. Well, I don't, you know, I just don't know. I mean, you have so much more to do. You have so much further to go. I mean, yeah, God has been good, but you got so much more to do, and there's so, oh, you're believing God for this, and there's so much more. Who is talking? Who is saying that? Who's trying to get you to stop? Don't you listen to it. Don't you listen to it. Why? Because, listen, the enemy is a spirit being. And he does not know what's going to happen to you tomorrow. He has no idea because he's not there. He can't see into tomorrow. God can. And that's why you can pray a prayer yesterday. (laughs) You hear me? That God answers tomorrow. Don't yield to it. Don't yield to it. He doesn't know what's going to happen to you. But, hear me, he's a spirit being and he can see the fluctuation in the spirit. Something's coming. I don't know what it is, but something's on the way. What can he do to stop that from getting to you? Get you to yield. Mm. Do you hear me? Notice Ephesians 6.12. I'm watching my time a little bit. You're not in a hurry, are you? It's exactly 7.07 if you're taking medicine. (laughs) Go ahead, son, yield. Go ahead. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. That always helps. That way, if you go long, you can blame Anthony. I told him last night we had a Zoom meeting with some of the leaders and pastors, and I said I have not bought the paid version of Zoom yet because I know if I buy the paid version, I'll go long. And so the non-paid version, I've only got 40 minutes. And, uh, but we have no such restrictions tonight. <laughs> Ephesians 6.12. Are you going to yield? Yes. Yield to the Lord? Are you going to yield to the devil? No. Say it out loud. I'm not going to yield to the devil. Uh, say it again. I'm not going to yield to the devil. That, that's fear. That's in any area. Don't you yield to it. Don't yield to it for a moment. Because, because he's, he's trying to get at your faith. Ephesians 6.12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Let's stop right there for a moment. So... We never are wrestling against people. What does that mean? People are never your problem. The the devil will try to convince you that people are your problem. I've watched marriages like this. Marriages that ended in divorce that had no good reason to end in divorce. Because the devil convinced one or the other party that the other person was the problem and if they could just get rid of them, they'd have a happy life. Well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that there are some bad marriages. I mean, I'm not saying there's not. But at what point did that person start yielding? What happened between I do for the rest of my life and I love you with all my heart to I want nothing more to do with this person and I can't live with them? What happened? Somebody yielded. Oh, it got quiet. Brother Hagin always said, if you want a great calm, just start talking about marriage and kids. Listen, I can talk about this. I've been divorced. I've been through it. And and y'all know me. I don't pick on people that's been divorced. I'm just saying, what, what produced an irreconcilable difference? What produced something that they felt like they couldn't fix? Somebody yielded. And the enemy in a marriage will seek out the weaker of the two spiritually and start working on them. If the enemy knows he can get a foothold in the husband's life, he'll start working on him. You need to yield to this, and you need to yield to that, and you need to do this, and you need to do that. Amen. And, and, and before you know it, he's withdrawn. Before you know it, he's, right, he's secretive. Before you know it, the enemy's got a hook. Why? He yielded to it. That's why in your marriage, no secrets. No secrets. I didn't say no mistakes or no temptations. I said no secrets. Absolute truth. If your wife asks you, did you do it? And you did it, I did it. Yeah, but what if she gets mad or gets hurt? You, you, you got to tell the truth. Notice I didn't say, were you tempted? Did you do it? 
What's the temptation? An opportunity to try to get you to yield. What did the Bible say to do when you're tempted? Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. What 1 Corinthians 10 say? It said we've all been tempted that way. It said but with the temptation God makes a way to escape. What's the way to escape? Yield to what God said. Amen. And so he'll work on the weaker of the two spiritually to get them to yield. And finally they got to say, well, I, I just don't want this marriage no more. I can't, I don't love you anymore. That didn't come from you. That didn't come from you. That did not come from a born-again believer. Why? Because the nature of a born-again believer is love. And when you're yielding to it, oh, I'm helping somebody. When you're yielding to it, you, you'll be there and, and there'll be this, 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 everything in you will want to just tell them. But something will be pulling on you. Uh-uh, don't do it. Don't, no, don't do it. Just be calm, be quiet. What is it? That's God. What do you yield to? Yield to it. Anytime something is telling you, give them a piece of your mind. Defend yourself. Let them know how it really is. That's not God. That's not God. That's the devil. Because the ground you think you're winning is actually the ground you're losing. Every time you set yourself to win an argument, you lost much more than the argument. What did you really gain? Nothing. And, and for those of us, and I believe it's everybody, for those of us that have spiritual spouses, you lost part of the voice of God into your life. Because, gentlemen, I'm going to tell you something. You keep hitting the mute button on your wife, and pretty soon she's just not going to talk to you. She's not going to talk to you about spiritual things or try to help you. It's a foolish man that wants his wife to be quiet. That wife that's sitting beside you is the most intuitive person spiritually that you'll ever encounter. So don't think you're getting anything over on them. Because the truth, bottom line, you're not. You're just, you're not. You're just not. So when they look at you and go, are you okay? Just save yourself the trouble. Don't lie. Just say, no. <laughs> try it right now. All you men, try it. Say, no. no. <laughs> Doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. The Bible says, and when Ken and Trudy were here, we heard this so beautifully the Bible says that God said I will create a help meet remember how people misquote it sometimes help mate no help meet one suitable to help for him there is a strength in our wives that's immeasurable 
a spiritual strength. And that is one of the primary voices of God in your life. She's not the Holy Ghost. She's not H.G. Jr. <laughs> All right? That, that. We're hearing from God for ourselves. But in a marriage, listen, listen now. And, and you, I, I, don't, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. But listen, in a marriage, are you two or one? What's that? Do you really believe that? Is, 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 do I have two arms, but am I one body? If this arm gets injured, does this arm know it? What? Yeah. Does the body feel it? Why? Because we're one. If my arm was separate and it got hurt, would I know it? Are you two or one? So what makes you think that when you're fighting a mental battle that she doesn't know? What makes you think you can just hide it? When they're cooking, cooking breakfast or whatever they cook, now in, in our house I do a large part of the cooking, but if they're cooking breakfast and they kind of look at you and go, hmm, are you okay? Don't yield to the lie. Oh, I'm fine, baby, I'm fine, just got a lot on my mind. Well, what's on your mind? Oh, you know, just stuff. What kind of stuff? <laughs> Especially if you're married to my wife. What kind of stuff? Oh, you know, just, you know, just trying to make me doubt. Doubt what? Well, you know, Philip, you better get a hold of that. Well, doesn't that bother you? My God, how can a rescue bother me? If you're drowning... Literally, physically drowning. Do you really care if I got to grab you by the hair to pull you out? No, you'll pull my hair out. Yeah, but you'll be dead if I don't. Just yield. Amen. With Jeremy, it'd be easy. Grab the bun, you're good. I like Jeremy's bun. I told my wife one time, I said, I'd look good in a man bun, she said. Yield. I feel that bun anointing. I'm, I'm yielding. Well, Pastor Morton said, white folk don't know nothing about oil. Oil for hair. <laughs> anyway, I'm almost, well, I'm, 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 but notice what it says. You got to yield. People are never your problem. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against. What do we wrestle against? Principalities. The word principalities means ancient. Or old, ancient, aged. In other words, this is a group of demon spirits that have probably been in the earth since the reign of Lucifer. They're ancient. They know people. 
Do you know the thoughts the enemy brings to you and the thoughts the enemy brings to me are not different thoughts. They may be, diff- they may be dressed differently, but they're not different. He just looks at what you're doing and tries to get you to think a certain way and looks at me about what I'm doing and tries to get me to think a certain way. Amen. Against powers. That word powers is delegated authority. So it means there's a group of demon spirits that have received delegated authority from the devil to just go do whatever they want. Rulers of the darkness of this world. That, that carries the idea of power that's been harnessed. There's an order to what he does. You following me? I'm going through this real quickly because, look, he says it's not flesh and blood. He tells us this is what we're dealing with. Right? This, this, this is what we're dealing with. Amen. Then he says, spiritual wickedness in high places. That word is, is, means bad or vile or malevolent or malignant. So that's what we're dealing with. People can be influenced by the devil, but they're not the problem. If you get distracted by the people, you'll miss the real problem. My child, and this is every time they come around, they just bring their drama with them. You're getting distracted from the real problem. Hmm. Why does he do this? Attempt to disarm us. Look at 1 Samuel 13, 19. 1 Samuel 13, 19. I don't have very much longer. 1 Samuel 13, 19. Am I helping you thus far? Notice this. This was in the reign of Saul. And it says, in Israel, there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears. So what did they do? They they took all the blacksmiths out of the land. Why? To disarm them. The enemy's trying to get us disarmed. If you're disarmed, you're vulnerable. Well, how does he do this? Through thoughts, to get you to act on them, to get me to act on them, to get us to act on them. We have, you have, I have. And what did it do? It made me vulnerable. Why did it make me vulnerable? Because it weakened my sense of right standing with God. It weakened my sense of doing what God wanted me to do. Everyone in here has too much to do to God or for God to spend any time yielding to what the enemy wants you to think. Amen? Amen. He uses this word against. Against. And he uses it four different times. It's important that that I say this before we go. It comes from a word that we're told always means a forward position or a face-to-face encounter. A forward position 
or a face-to-face encounter. That means at some point, we'll come into an eyeball-to-eyeball confrontation with these forces. At some point. In a forward position. But notice where we're at. In the forward position. We're not the rear guard. We're in a forward position. And we're standing how? Against. Against. Amen. We're standing against them. Right? So when those thoughts start, what is it? You're in a confrontation. We're not supposed to be afraid. We have complete authority. What did the Bible say? Resist him and what? He'll what? He'll, he'll, he'll raise himself up to his full 20-foot height and breathe fire and shoot at what? No, he'll flee. Look at Hebrews 2.14. Am I helping anybody? You girls got your, your place? Ah, praise God. Hallelujah. That, that's something. I've known one of these girls since she was, before she was born. Another one when she was just really young. And now they're out on their own. Living for God. Got a place. Oh, my goodness. I love being a pastor long enough that I'm dedicating babies of people that I dedicated. That's a beautiful thing. Amen. I dedicated Aaron the other day. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's just a big baby. <laughs> Melanie goes, but he's my baby. <laughs> Easy, Mr. August. It's all <laughs> Amen. Let me hurry with this. Where did I tell you to go? Oh, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus, himself also took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. The word destroy is to paralyze or to strip. Now, did that happen? Did it? It happened? So we're resisting a paralyzed, stripped devil that doesn't have the ability to do what he's saying because he doesn't have the armor anymore. Do you see that? What's that? You see that? Look, look, look at 1 John 5. I just feel like you need to hear this. I'm nearly done. 1 John 5. And verse 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? He that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Then you overcome the world by default. 
Right? Um, John said something else. Let me see here. I want, I want to see, I want to, to, to quote this to you. I want to read it to you. Uh, hallelujah. Oh, here in 1 John 3. Notice verse 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. The devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Did he do that? I say, did he do that? Notice, whoever is born of God doth not sin, for his seed remaineth in him. He cannot sin because he's born of God. That means he cannot habitually, continually keep sinning because he's born of God. Notice this. Oh, glory. In this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. But notice what it says. It says that the works of the devil have been destroyed. John said in another place, he said, Whosoever is born of God sinneth not and the wicked one cannot touch him. So, if his works are destroyed, if he's paralyzed, if I resist him and he'll flee, if I'm told in the word that he cannot touch me, then how does he ever get a foothold? I got to yield. But listen, what if I don't yield? What if I won't? Well, come on, help me out. What if I won't? Can he get a place? Does he get an opportunity? Is there a door open? So what are you going to do? Not yield. Not yield. Amen. Not yielding. Amen. Hallelujah. Like the little child that you'll start telling them something, they're going, not listening, not listening, not listening. We're not yielding. Think about this for a moment. However much money that you need to do what God's asking you to do or come out of debt or whatever, I don't know how much it is, but think about this for a moment. What if somebody told you, tomorrow at 2 o'clock, I'm going to come by your house with a certified cashier's check for $5 million. Now think about that for a moment. Uh, how would you sleep tonight? What's that? It would be good, wouldn't it? Why? Because this person I trust has told me that tomorrow all uh, that I need is going to be here and more besides. Uh, do you trust God? I say, do you trust God? Yes. What has God told you? I'll meet all your need. I'll, get, I'll, I'll supply all of your need. 
Yeah, but I, I need this and I need this much. Did God say, I'll supply all your need? What do you do when you see something in the Word? Yield to it. You're easily persuaded by the Word. I'm easily persuaded by the Word. Amen? Are, are, are you with me? I say, are you with me? So say it out loud. I won't yield to the devil. I won't yield to his thoughts. I won't yield to his plan. I will yield to God. I will yield to his thoughts. And I will yield to his plan. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're sitting there by your spouse, turn to him. Tell him, say, honey, I ask you to forgive me forever yielding to the devil. From this night forward, I will yield no more. Only to the Spirit of God. Amen. That settles some things. I said that settles some things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll stand up everyone. Praise God. Did you receive anything tonight? I believe God. I believe God. Hallelujah. This time we're in is very volatile spiritually. I was praying the other day and the Lord began to use a word with me. And and you'll forgive me, I say this out of my excitement, but I can't go into a lot of it because he hasn't given me permission. But I was praying and I kept getting this word regarding the election. And I got done praying, and, I, and I, I wrote it down. And we went to church that night, and I've been preaching on the platform that you stand on. And uh, <clears throat> at the end of the service, Pastor Michelle came up. She was talking to the people, but then she began to pray in the Spirit, just pray in the Holy Ghost. And it wasn't like a tongue and an interpretation, but I knew what she was saying in the Spirit. And over and over again, she kept saying this word. And then the next day, I was watching Brother Copeland, and he had a, a person on there that was talking about the election. And concerning the election, they kept using that same word. I'm going to tell you something. Don't fear. <laughs> because there are more for us than there are against us. The, the, the little lady that, that runs our prayer ministry in Little Rock, Mary uh, Barlow, she was praying about Sunday morning prayer, and, and the Lord said something to her. She said, I saw in my spirit, I saw a fire just sweeping across the plains. Now, if you've been raised in Kansas, especially uh, middle Kansas, western Kansas, I was raised in West Texas. Uh, rather, that's a good or bad thing I'm trying to figure out. But in any event... <laughs> Hallelujah. But, but if you had a standing field, that one of the things you did in the spring was burn it. Right? I mean, you just, it looked decimated. But what would you see in a couple days? New growth. The Lord showed her a fire that was just sweeping across this nation. 
And he said this. He said, those politicians and those people that have stood in the way of my plans and purposes are going to get caught up in this and they're going to get consumed. The enemy has overplayed his hand. All this fear that he's tried to sow. I told you this morning, and I'm not trying to be funny. I want you to know the facts. The numbers have come out. Even if you're diagnosed with COVID, you have a 99.6% chance of recovering. One quarter of 1% of people that, attract, that contract it die. One quarter of 1%. I'm not telling you not to take precautions or not to do what you think's right. What I'm telling you is what they tried to build up as some fear monster is not, it's a paper tiger. Are you following me? By this time, there were already supposed to be millions of deaths. It hasn't happened. They're ordering body bags. Bodies are going to be stacked up. It hasn't happened. And people say, how do you know it's not going to happen? It's not going to happen because it came from the lip of deceit. And you do whatever you want to do. Brother Copeland, who I've been a partner with for years, was called a false prophet and a liar. And everything that man has said has come to pass. And there are even people in the church that are too cowardice to say it. We have spineless cowards behind the pulpit that won't stand up for what the Word of God says and they won't confront the deceit that's going on in our nation and consequently they have deceived people in their churches that do not know how to think for themselves. You do whatever you want to do with what you may consider as my political commentary, but I'm telling you what, the head of this snake of deceit is about to be gone. It's about to be gone. And you better watch who you get your news from. I, I would get it from the B-I-B-L-E. Not CNN, not ABC, CBS, NBC, not Fox. Yeah, but they're conservative. But they're not Christian. You, you do whatever you want. In my opinion, you'd just be better off not to watch any of it. You do whatever you want to do. Michelle said amen, so we'll, we'll go with her. Now, why is that important? Because there's seeds of fear, and those seeds of fear are in place for the enemy to try to steal this election. And we're not going to do it. We're not going to let it happen. It is not going to happen on our watch. I will not be a part of that generation that loses this thing. Hmm, hallelujah. God's good to us.